And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Welcome to a lunchtime edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with the Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt and our producer Marissa Dunn. Can the Jets get over 500 on the season? They'll have their work cut out for them against an explosive Dolphins team, although it is a Dolphins team without its quarterback right now. We have a lot to get to on the show. Dwayne Brown injury update. Zach just got off with uh, Robert Sala. Uh, he'll have that. Jets rookies drawing plenty of attention around the league from experts. We're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, what if? Uh, and we're starting late again. And there was already stuff in the comments section on YouTube. Oh, Connor must be back this week, which which isn't true. But I think oh, it is yeah. funny that I think like maybe it wasn't Connor. Maybe it's just like <laughs> something about being the Jets beat reporter that that makes you late. Zach? Oh man, yeah. I don't know. I in the, in the very beginning when we started this out, I'm like in my head, I'm like I'm gonna be on there a few minutes early, have those little chats we have in the beginning. <laughs> this time, you know, we had Marissa was having some like power outages and she was doing another podcast. So I'm like, you know what? I can take my time. I had just woken up from a nice little mini nap because I'm a I'm a grown man who naps in the middle of the day. Uh, poured myself some water and then I get a text from him like Zach, where are you? I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so we're that so I'm becoming I think this is just what happens you turn into Connor when you cover the Jets yeah, for the apparently um, we're <laughs> also gonna I won't talk about golf I won't talk yeah, about golf. we we also have picks um, the listeners are kicking our butts that's the yeah. way that's where it's gone so uh, the latest listener week. will join us a little bit later in the show for picks this week um, as the three of us try to like just pick ourselves up a little bit it's been it's hey, been I, rough I going you were two and one last week. week yeah but you Marissa had a little bounce yeah. back yes week. yeah yes you yourself. just you were in the basement. You have uh, you've come back a little bit. All right, let's start. Uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff with the Dolphins and everything. But I do want to start with with the Tyreek Hill thing um, because it is fascinating to think about the what ifs, right? Because according to most reports, basically it came down to Tyreek Hill making the decision, right? The Chiefs had offers, great offer from the Dolphins, great offer from the Jets, um, and the Dolphins won out. So Tyreek Hill goes there. And then the Jets had to kind of adjust their offseason plans because of this. Um, if Tyreek Hill was a Jet, Zach, if you think about it, revisionist history, they probably don't draft Garrett Wilson, right, in the first round. They they maybe do draft an offensive lineman in the first round. Um, this team would look very different. And just those two things I just said – probably make this team better right now. I mean, I don't know about like long run future, but if the Jets have Tyree Kill and a first round offensive lineman, considering the state of the offensive line, maybe that guy would already be injured. Who knows? But they would be better right now, week five this season, I would think, than they are with Garrett Wilson and the O-line and the state it's in. 
Yeah, you know, so Rich Samini from ESPN did like an inside, like the whole trade negotiation thing with Tyreek Hill that came out today. And he like he actually had like the package that they offered. Um, it was two second round picks, a third round pick, and they would have gotten Hill and a third round pick back. So as he pointed out in the article, and it's a good point, if they had done that trade, um, yes, they, they wouldn't have gotten Garrett Wilson, obviously, uh, but you have Tyreek Hill. So that obviously is, a, is more than a wash. Yeah. I mean, he's top five receiver um maybe wilson gets there one day but who knows um but they they would not have had like the ammo they used to move up to get jermaine johnson and right. Brees hall that's good so point. they at least don't have Brees hall again like so let's say they they get to pick 10 they're not going to draft a receiver um i know there was talk about how much they like jermaine johnson so maybe they still take jermaine 10 maybe they take an, an o-lineman like trevor penning or something like we, like you were just talking about i was looking at who would be there for that fourth round pick when they would have uh if this trade had gone through and that, that running back for the Texans, Damian Pierce was still on there. So if they really want a running back, Pierce looks even better than Hall so far this year, at least. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a fun. What if, because um, he, I mean, like, like as, as you know, Drew Rosenhaus is quoting the article is saying, you know, they were pitching him as like being the face of the jets kind of thing. Like that's, that's how, I mean, and, and the talent wise, that's what he is, but ultimately they didn't offer as much. They didn't, they didn't want to give up their first round picks, which I kind of get for a receiver. Uh, and dolphins are more appealing for a lot of reasons for a guy like that. You know, he works out in Florida, no state taxes. Um, uh, it's a party town. He's a young guy. <laughs> um, so I ultimately it didn't work out, but it, it is one of those fun. What ifs ultimately, I think Jets fans are still happy with the way it played yeah. out because I think they are obsessed with Garrett Wilson. They love Brees Hall. I think Jermaine is even popular among fans because he's like made some flashes. So it, it is, it's going to be interesting. Like when we look, a few years down the line, like, okay, what is it? Is it better that they had the one guy for, you know, he would have been the highest paid player on the team by far. So is it better that they have the one guy making 20 mil a year, or they have these three rookie guys who are contributing to whatever happens this season. And they're on rookie deals for the next five years. Like it, like for this year, for sure, Hill would have been better, but I am curious to see how it plays out for like the whole future. And like, so if the jets were not going to make the playoffs still with Tyree kill, um, would it have been worth that much? Like that's a, a way to consider it too. But at the same time, having him also make someone like Zach Wilson a lot better. It opens things up for Corey Davis and, and all the other receivers they have, Elijah Moore. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun what if that I'm sure Jets fans are going to be playing with for a long time. And I'm sure the Jets aren't done. You know, J Joe Douglas is always going to look into things like that when like a star player comes available. You know, I think they looked into Debo Samuel when he was available too. Maybe they don't need to do it at receiver anymore because they have a few guys there. But I, I, I don't think they're done, like, trying to make a big splash move. I, it, just, it just hasn't happened yet, like the one that the, the fans would, like, go crazy over. I mean, the fact that the draft went the way it went changes this whole equation, yeah. I think, and, and makes Good it draft, yeah. it makes it a lot easier for Jets fans to look back on and not really be bothered, I think. because And we're going to get into the draft a little bit later because of all the, you know, quarter of the season rookie ranking type things that are coming out. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that. But, yeah, it, it certainly – Makes it easier. One other thing that I was thinking about with this too, though, you mentioned like, what if the Jets don't make the playoffs with Tyreek Hill? Beyond the fact that, you know, it's a year that maybe you wasted with Tyreek Hill by not getting to the postseason. I also wonder about, does Tyreek Hill become disgruntled at that point, right? Like he, he clearly is a guy who spent the beginning of his career with a championship caliber team in Kansas City. Now he seems very happy in Miami on a team that's three and one and looks very explosive. But you know, there's 
there's plenty of examples in the NFL now and the NFL and the not so distant past, like receivers who maybe aren't getting the tar- the amount of targets they want or are losing football games. They seem to get a little more disgruntled than other positions. I don't know what it is. Something about the personality type, I think, of receivers. But I wonder if the Jets are bad with Tyreek Hill, what happens with Tyreek Hill there? And I mean, and there's also the factor of Zach Wilson and, um, you know, we, we had, he had that great fourth quarter. But if, you know, if his season looked like it did in those first three quarters or if Joe Flacco is the, co- co- the quarterback for the first three weeks and he can't get the ball to Tyreek, like how quickly does he start complaining about it? Because the Dolphins have been getting the ball a lot. I think he leads the league in receptions or targets or both or something like that. Something crazy because their offense is so explosive. But well, now they now they get to. I guess one of the downsides of losing out on it is that they now have to face him twice a year. So <laughs> that's true. That's, that's also part of it. Yeah. That, that's a good point as well. And they'll, they'll get to see him firsthand. Um, all right. That was a fun, fun one. If um, news of the day, I guess, um, you know, you checked in on the Jets today with, with uh, Robert Salas Friday press conference, zoom call, Dwayne Brown full go at practice today. Right. But still unclear what that means for Sunday. Yeah, you know, we talked to the offensive line coach, John Benton, yesterday, and he's, he even said it'll be right up until the game. Um, I don't think that's entirely accurate because they have to decide if they want to activate him off IR on Saturday. I guess they technically could activate him and then keep him inactive, but I, I think that would be a waste of a roster move almost. So um, I think we'll know on Saturday where he's playing. He looks pretty good. and pr- We only see the beginning of practice. We don't see, you know, 11 on 11 and, you know, some of the more heavy lifting type stuff, but he's looked pretty good out there. Uh, he's been running with the guys that he'd run with on Sunday. I think um, my, my gut says he plays on Sunday, which is a little bit of a surprise just because, you know, this is his first week of practice. But if you think about it, he's he's a guy that's 37 years old. He knows how to get it, keep his body right and stay in shape. And, you know, I don't think it, it's as big of a learning curve for him as maybe it would have been for Zach, like coming off the injury and the rest that you saw from him. I think at least that's their mindset. And um, and then, you know, the, the interesting part about that becomes what the, the alignment on the offensive line is because like, – I mean, it could be completely another, you know, Elijah Barry Tucker, we talked about the other day a lot. He's been the topic of the week. Like I, Salah has talked about, they want to have the best five guys out there. And if that's the case, then you would have to put him at right tackle because right. Nate, Nate Herbig is better than Connor McDermott. So um, would, would they want to do that? I, I mean, you, you, I want, it doesn't seem like they're worried about it because he's so unique and uh, in his ability to shuffle across the line. He's never played right tackle technically you really want to like mess with his technique and all that stuff, but maybe they're not even worried about that. They just want to go week to week and, you know, keep him at right tackle now until, um, you know, George Fant or Max Mitchell returns, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen for a little while. So I, I'm very interested to see what they do with that. I, I mean, we, before our last game, we, we, I don't even think we even broached the possibility of ABT at left tackle. I, I'd written boy green actually pointed out that I written early in the season when Brown got hurt. I like wrote down all their possibilities at left tackle and I put that as like the last one. I'm like, you know, it would make sense for this, this, and this reason, but they're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had just said they would, and then I could look very smart. <laughs> but yeah, so I that it's going to be very interesting how that works. The offensive line, you know, we AVT has like distracted us from how the offensive line played, which was not good right. last week. Like Zach Wilson was pressured like a lot. He saved them. He would have been sat. If it was Joe Flacco, we wouldn't be all positive about, hey, let's all focus on AVT and not everything else. <laughs> Let's tunnel vision uh, the guy that who looks like a pro bowler in there. We we did like all the beat writers had to do a quarterly like review for each team. And I, I, had, I had him as the MVP of the team just because, you know, what he's done for that offense. Um, 
but yeah, so that's going to be a big topic this week because the Dolphins are pretty good at pressuring the quarterback. And so, yeah, that's that's going to be. And if I mean, if Brown doesn't play, you'll probably. Well, again, I I get I don't really know. What, I guess you have to play McDermott at right tackle at that point. Um, so I guess we should consider that possibility too, which isn't exactly ideal. So that's that's going to be a running theme throughout the season. It's almost it feels like it's almost going to be week to week what their starting offensive line is going to be, which is just absolutely wild. Yeah, because everybody will tell you right that like the key to a good offensive line is Cohesion, guys practicing yeah. together week after week. And man, um, so so you're saying so if Tucker if Brown plays, Tucker moves to right. That means he will have played three different positions on the offensive line in three weeks, right? Yeah, after moving from left guard last year too. Right. So he like jo- he he joked the other. I mean, he was. I don't even know if he was joking honestly at this point. He's like, a, you know, the only two I haven't played yet are right tackle and center. So hopefully, I get to do them at some point too. <laughs> center is a little different than all the other ones, but I mean, I, I'm at this point, you don't doubt the kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And but you said and, it. And by the way, a, a topic to like to go along with that, I guess they're. I mean, I didn't cover the Jets at the time, but when they traded up for him i I think some experts criticized them they did yeah because the idea the idea of like trading up for an interior lineman um and so a lot of jets fans have made sure to like at some of the people that (laughs) were uh collecting receipts because yeah yeah they're they're doing Salah's job for him for him because yeah they uh i mean it's still early in the season but yeah he looks very promising and looks like a guy that's going to be here for a long time and i if i remember correctly like the jets said the set one of the selling points was like his versatility Versatility. yeah and the fact that and man if no team needs versatility on the offensive line like they do right now the week to week to have one guy that you know you can kind of plug the holes with is is amazing so um but for this jets team as a whole well actually one more thing like practice wise how do you think that's worked out i know you only get to see the beginning of practice but like if if brown's practicing at left tackle but they're not sure he's going to play that means in theory like ABT's got a he's practicing at one of the other positions for the first team, even though there's a chance he still has to get in and play left tackle again, which he's still new to. I mean, that's not ideal. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. Um, you know, they they made it a point uh, you know, in in the days after to say like it wasn't like he only just started getting reps uh on Tuesday when they asked him. They said he had been taking like some reps after practice, like they imply like by himself, just like getting extra reps in case of emergency at left tackle. Those aren't like full live reps though. So it wasn't like a real thing. He has it up until this week. I'm pretty confidently can pretty confidently say he wasn't getting any right tackle reps. So that that'll be an interesting part of it. Um, you know, John Benton did make, I thought it was interesting. He, he made, he made it a point to say how they, they cross train everybody because they don't want to feel like they're pigeonholed and have to play a certain guy uh, at a position because he's the only one at that position. So I, that felt to me like without it meaning to like a, a point, like we really don't want to play Connor McDermott unless we have to guys. Like that's, that's how I took it. Um, you know, what, what I should say McDermott did perfectly fine last week when he plugged into the game after Mitchell got hurt. Um, but clearly they prefer him as a backup. Maybe they're trying to get one of those veteran guys they signed ready to, to plug in if they have to be. I just based on what I wouldn't have guessed it before last week, but based on how they approached last week, it, it would not shock me if he was playing right tackle this week. Shouldn't be interesting, and and we'll find out. Like you said, we'll know a little bit Saturday. That'll be interesting, and then we'll we'll see how this team stacks up. More on how they stack up against the Dolphins later in the show. Um, right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the young guys on this Jets team, the rookies. Um, the Athletic this week came out with a four weeks into the season all-rookie team. Uh, Dane Brugler, Nick Bumgarner, Nate Tice, and Chris Burke worked on that. Um, what a collection of writers to talk about that subject, by the way, guys. Like the draft yeah. and rookies like to have. We also did a podcast on it, too, yeah. on the Athletic oh, wow. Football Show feed, if you want to listen yeah. to it as well. Check that plenty out. Of Jets, plenty of Jets yeah. listed. So. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I want to get into that. Also, Daniel Jeremiah who is a friend of The Athletic. Um, he's been, you know, in the past worked with Dane. Uh, he put out his top 20 NFL rookie rankings at this point in the season. So here's how it all plays out from the Jets, who literally made the headline of both of these stories, I think, because of the way the, the rookies have performed. So <laughs> For something positive. Yes. Yes. So, so Jeremiah's rankings, Sauce, number one, Garrett Wilson, number five, Brees Hall, number eight, and Jermaine Johnson, number 18. That is, across the entire NFL, top 20 rookies, three in the top 10 for the Jets, four in the top 20. And I don't know if Max Mitchell stays healthy, if the Jets are off to a little better start. I, maybe he's in the top 30 or, you know, he's he's starting. Like So you have four guys right there in the top 20. Then you have a lineman who went later in the draft who's actually starting for this team. I mean, it's impressive. Then... Switching over to The Athletic, our own rankings, uh, they did it differently. It wasn't actually rankings. It was an all-rookie team. So they went position by position, starters and honorable mentions. Running back, Brees Hall, and you mentioned Damian Pierce, Zach. Those two guys are the running backs. And wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, actually an honorable mention, um, despite being number fans five. Were, Jets fans were not happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny in the difference of, of like how guys see things, right? Because Jeremiah yeah. has him number five overall. And he's the fourth receiver, according to The Athletic, who had yeah. Chris Olave, Johan Dotson, and Drake London um, as the starters, and then Garrett Wilson right after that. It's, uh, it's crazy how good rookie receivers are in general that there's like, like Garrett Wilson's not one of the top three in, in the eyes of somebody, at least. Yeah. I mean, how long have we been talking about the fact that like if you draft a receiver, it's going to be a couple of years before you yeah, know how good Yeah, it used to be like are. three years, I feel like, when I was growing up. <laughs> I mean, Denzel Mims has lived on that theory, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, defense, defensive line, uh, Michael Clemens, honorable mention. Edge rusher, Jermaine Johnson, honorable mention. Cornerback, Sauce, obviously a starter. Uh, pretty good stuff. When you look at this draft and see how it's playing out immediately, usually you do a draft, you wait a couple of years, and we even say on draft day, we're going to have to wait a couple of years before we can really evaluate this draft. This Joe Douglas draft, we are able to evaluate right now. 
the Joe Douglas draft is carrying this team right now. I don't, they wouldn't be two and two if not for these guys. Like the veterans have been the ones that have been, you know, the biggest question marks besides guys like Elijah Vera Tucker and Quinnen Williams, uh, DJ Reed, like outside of that, that trio, everybody else has been inconsistent to different degrees and making bad mistakes and stuff like that. These rookies are just, and you could kind of see it, especially with sauce and Brees, I would say in training camp and even Garrett Wilson was flashing the talent. Um, so like you could see that these guys were like a different kind of breed and carry themselves in a certain way that I haven't really seen from rookies in a lot. And since I've covered the NFL, honestly, um, and you know, again, like I said, we did that like quarterly thing and we had to do MVP breakout player, top rookie I, for, for breakout player. I did Garrett Wilson. Cause I thought relative to expectations, like I didn't think he would be their best receiver through four games. And then Sauce Gardner, I put his top rookie because I saw what he's doing right now in camp. I, I kept telling everybody how he was, I never saw him get beat one-on-one and he's played like a pro bowl corner. Like, I, I mean, it's been a little surprising because you expect a rookie to take their lumps, but you know, for, for uh, my preview thing I have going out tomorrow, I, I wrote a lot about sauce and DJ Regis because they have to, they have to cover Tyreek and uh, Jalen Waddle. So I was like digging into the numbers and sauce. Um, yeah. I went through all the people he was lined up with this season. And so he, he, he covered Mark Andrews a bunch in week one the tight end and he only allowed two targets for no catches. Uh, he allowed a touchdown to Mari Cooper in week two, but that was more of a miscommunication than like any bad coverage. Uh, allowed two catches to T Higgins for 51 yards, one target, Jamar chase, zero receptions, one target, George Pickens, zero receptions, Deontay Johnson, one, one reception, two targets, five yards, chase Claypool, zero reception, two targets. Like he, he's committed zero penalties. Um, so it, it's pretty wild to have a, a rookie corner come in and just be as locked down as he is. Like I legitimately think they have two Pro Bowl cornerbacks right now. I doubt they would both make it, but GJ Reed's been, been even better than Sauce, so um, they should be very thankful about that. Um, Breeze, I th- it feels like he's on the verge of you know taking the next step and becoming like a guy everybody around the league's talking about. He's he's already emerges the RB one. He's getting more snaps, touches. He's playing more in the passing game. I mean, we've talked a, a lot about Garrett Wilson on the show. I don't think I need a dwell on that more and then Jermaine Johnson seems to make a play every week uh I know fans want him to play even more than he has Max Mitchell you know I fans were mad that at both, at both Jer- Daniel Jeremiah and and the athletic for leaving Max Mitchell even out of being mentioned that, that's how passionate they are about the kid from Louisiana who before the season none of them had, had probably heard of so it's just it, it's wild to see um and I guess I should say Michael Clemens because I'm scared I'll He'll uh, come after me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He wouldn't do that. He's, he's actually a nice guy. Um, uh, but this rookie class, like, especially for how much criticism Joe Douglas has gotten and probably deserves for that 2020 class, like, this is just, this has got to be one of the better draft classes in team history, at least based on the earlier turns. Like, a lot can change, obviously. But, um, like, anything this team does this season, I think you have to start with, you know, whatever Zach Wilson does and then this rookie class. Yeah, incredible, and and I'm sure there'll be new lists at the halfway point, at the three quarter pull, at the end of the season, and we can keep monitoring what the what everybody thinks. Because obviously, I think our viewpoint's a little different than the non like covering the Jets week to week people who are looking at all the rookies across the league. So that's why I thought those two write ups were fascinating because of how quickly they've taken notice of what the Jets rookies are doing. Um, All right, we're going to switch up the order a little bit. We usually do picks at the end of the show, um, but our listener picker this week has a limited time window. So welcoming in Sean Tompkins right now. Uh, Sean, available on Twitter at NYJetsFanTweets. 
Uh, Sean, what's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I've been I've been dying to get on here and talk some Jets, so um, I, I appreciate Marissa following up with me. No, thanks no problem at all. Loyal listener. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I know we, I we tried to. <laughs> we uh we almost had you on last week. Um, the timing didn't work out, so good to have you on this week. Um, but what happened last week is Boy Green went Boy three Green. and zero. So suddenly there's pressure on the listeners because. You guys are in the lead <laughs> at six and six due to the uh, futility of the rest of us here. Um, but before we get to the picks, um, just tell us a little bit about, you know, your Jets fandom, where it came from, how long you've been rooting for this team. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm a 90s baby. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 now. So uh, for me, the first when I when I can initially remember following the Jets actually came probably after the 98 playoffs. I don't I don't really recall watching that very much, but I do remember the early 2000s, the 2001 and 2002 playoffs losing to the Raiders where my fandom actually came from. What's what's interesting. So I grew up in New York. I live in uh, Denver, Colorado now. But um, uh, my dad was actually a Patriots fan and the reason he was a Patriots fan was he did it to kind of tick off his friend, his buddy, Bob Hurley. He was a long time season ticket holder. Um, he had tickets at, at, um, at the time, what was it? At giant stadium for like eighth row middle of the field. So when I was a little kid, I was probably like somewhere between the ages of five and 10 years old. He had bought me a bunch of jet stuff for one of my birthdays just to kind of tick off my dad. And when he did that um, actually, you know, I, I just, you know, fell in love with the Jets at that point. He started bringing me the games, um, you know, some of the games I, I can remember going back to actually relevant for the Dolphins uh, game this week. I remember a 2004 Monday night game. Um, the Jets had, had beat the Dolphins. Uh, I think it was Lamont Jordan and Curtis Martin each rushed for 115 yards that game. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, really dates back to probably about the I would say 2000 is when I really started following the Jets. I've just been an avid fan ever since then. It's kind of what I do. It's my, you know, in my free time, just follow, follow you guys and make my comments. Well, we appreciate, awesome. um, you know, you being a loyal listener over over the years we've been doing the show. So, um, all right, on to the picks we go as we try to pick things up after the last couple of weeks. I'll go first. Um, I usually say the leader goes first, but I like to save the listeners for last. So, so we'll <laughs> let you go last, John. I'm going to go first. Uh, and I need to spend more time on these picks, which once again, I didn't. <laughs> I was throwing them together while we waited for Zach to join the stream. But uh, here we go. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns. The Browns have been good to me for the most part this year. I've taken them a lot, Marissa. I, I don't know. They, it's just the <laughs> the numbers. It's always a small um, number one way or the other. So Browns plus two and a half versus the Chargers. Um, I like that. Then I'm going to go... Vikings minus seven and a half versus the Bears. The one thing about this is that half points a killer, and the fact I that I think it's six and a half. Oh, is I it? Think. Oh, I would that. Yeah. Oh no, it's seven and a half. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing about that game though is Vikings coming back from London, um, mm. but hopefully you know that's not effect. Minus seven and a half. I'll take the Vikings. The Bears are just bad. Uh, and then finally, in a revenge game of sorts, I'm going to take the Patriots over the Lions minus three and a half. Uh, Matt Patricia getting to go against the Lions um, and believe in Bailey Zappi, New England. Believe in mm. Bailey Zappi, who's getting his first <laughs> career start. By the way, Bailey Zappi making all of those top rookie teams 
because uh, none yeah. of because the rookies really have played. Yeah. yeah, none of them have played. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's yeah. the guy. Uh, that and Kenny Pickett. Those are the only two rookie quarterbacks yeah. who have played yeah. it down this season. Uh, so that's what I got. Marissa, uh, Zach, you're up next. All right, I'll go. Uh, I have the Seahawks plus five and a half against the Saints. The Saints look pretty – I mean, they've had close games, but they look rough, and the Seahawks look like they can score. Geno Smith looks like <laughs> like a really good quarterback. You think the Seahawks are feeling themselves after yeah. watching that game last night. Oh, night. my God, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the Broncos stink, <laughs> my God. Um, Cowboys plus five and a half against the Rams. Just don't trust the Rams. Seem to believe in Cooper Rush. Their defense is really good. And I'm going to go Eagles minus five and a half against the Cardinals because I think the Cardinals are just trash. So Basically, those are all my picks, too. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had the Patriots minus three and a half versus the Lions, and then I had Eagles minus five and a half and Cowboys plus uh, five and a half. I mean, I'm when I've picked the Eagles so far this season, they've, they've done it. I'm shocked <laughs> well, that that – I know they're on the I road. I think they've covered – I mean, obviously, that, they're undefeated, but I think they've covered every week. Yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. I'm shocked that spread is so low, too. The Jaguars I mean, won. It looked like for a second they, that might be a problem. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yep, I got similar picks to you. So, all right, Sean. You're up. You're up. All right, so my, my three this week, you know, the number one I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to take the Jets. I, I, I definitely like the Jets plus three against the Dolphins. Um, I think, you know – some, some keys there that, you know, the Jets, we got to limit the turnovers. Uh, you know, we have to pick, be able to pick up the blitz effectively. And I, I think, um, you know, those, those are going to be two big things. And then we're going to have to stop them from getting outside in terms of like most are breaking a long one on us. Um, it, so they're going to have to set the edge good. But I think that the Jets um, are, are, are definitely one of my picks I want to go with. And then I like the Titans minus one and a half over the commanders. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I actually, I'm going to go against the grain here with the Rams. I like them minus five and a half over the Cowboys. I like that. I, I was looking at that Titans pick too, I think. Uh, yeah, Washington also stinks. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. The Titans yeah. are hard to figure out this year, right? But Yeah, you know. the Titans are very hard to figure out. So... But All right. Yeah. I love that the listeners always pick the Jets game and yeah. always pick well, it worked the Jets, out last week. So, yeah. yeah, it certainly did. Uh, they're getting points. Obviously, yeah. they'll be getting points a lot this season. So, you know, keep yeah. keep going with the Jets. All right. Great stuff, Sean. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, good luck thanks, with Sean. the picks. And yeah. uh, Jets will be visiting yeah. you in a couple weeks. Well, I mean, yeah, they all right. have the game, too, actually. And, uh, nice. You know. Connor set the bar pretty low for us fans. <laughs> <laughs> I've got but, some but it's week four, and you've already overcome him, so it's good. Definitely. I feel like I know you're a Jets fan, Sean, but if you're in Denver, like, and we all watched Thursday Night Football last night, what is what is the all tone right, yeah. in, in Denver this morning? Oh, well, you know, I work from home, so I actually haven't uh, made my way out to get feedback from, from people. But on the news, they all seem pretty you know, hung up on the fact that they're paying Russell Wilson as the – Highest big quarterback in the NFL and to not score a touchdown is pretty pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. <laughs> Real rough. Nothing like looking at the box score. It's just because it wasn't even two field goals in a quarter for uh, either it was, team. It was, such an it was ugly just game. threes. Yes. Three, three, three. Yeah, three, there's three, a box three, kick three. too. So, yeah. Yes. I, I tweeted. Well, I got to give it. I, I gotta give a shout out to the Colts kicker Chase McLaughlin. Um, he is former Jet. actually a friend of our former former Brown. So he is a friend of ours. He's he a terp. A lovely wife. No, 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 no. He was. Here you have friends that aren't from year. Maryland. What? Yeah, yes, they're from Cleveland. He went to Illinois, actually. My my cousin's yeah, actually so. the um, sports director there for, um, or athletic director for Maryland football. 
Oh, nice. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. There, you there you go. Oh, so we got a Maryland connection. Sean, why did there you, you go. lead with that? <laughs> yeah, as if you didn't know that, Marissa. We only allow listeners <laughs> on that. Okay. I really didn't. So if you want to get on as a listener, either be from, <laughs> be from Arizona or lie about it, one or the other. <laughs> we need a Syracuse alum. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes. Uh, Syracuse is still undefeated in football, too. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm too new Albany. We weren't very good at football. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean, great stuff. Thank Thanks, you for just coming on. Uh, we have more to get to on the podcast. We're going to take a short break when we come back. More on this Dolphins game specifically, plus Halloween candy and the Jets. we got to talk about that. We'll be back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's get back into this Dolphins game specifically. Uh, One thing we haven't really talked about is Teddy Bridgewater versus Tua. Obviously, it's a difference. Um, It's probably the reason the spread here is three points and and not more. Um, So when you look at this Jets defense stacking up against what he can do. I know, I think Ulbrich said this week, you know, looking at, at Teddy Bridgewater, it's basically the same things that Tua can do, which is not true. Um, <laughs> how do you see it breaking down, Zach, as far as, like, how how less explosive do you expect this offense to kind of be for the Dolphins with the things that Teddy can do? He's one of the better backups in the NFL, but he is a backup. Yeah, the funny part about Ulbricht's comments is he like started saying that, then he's like, I don't want to say something to get myself in trouble. So I don't know if he was, <laughs> I've he been was down that road before. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and then he then he started talking about like what Teddy can do, how he feels like Teddy can move a little bit. You know, Teddy hasn't been a starter in a since he was with the Broncos, um, and he was pretty solid for them. He wasn't like amazing. He went like seven and seven, had like, I think eighteen touchdowns, seven picks. He's just like a solid game manager quarterback. Um, the Jets obviously are familiar with him. He was in the locker room for that one summer before they traded him. He, he actually said this week that he like credited like the jet staff for like, you know, reviving his career, which is kind of cool, but yeah, you know, he doesn't scare you. Like, I mean, I don't even know if necessarily Tua is like at the stage of career where he scares you either, but 
Um, he was playing really well before all the concussion drama. Uh, yeah, so the, the the defense ultimately they just need to get they need to get the same pressure they did last week on the Steelers. Uh, if they do that, like I don't think Bridgewater's escapability is not quite what Tua's is. So if Carl Lawson and Quinn and Williams and and Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff and all these guys can get get to the quarterback, you 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 need that because if they have time to operate, they're gonna. I mean, even if they don't have time to operate, when you have two guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle that you can just throw too short and they can just make think, make people miss after the fact. Like it's still scary, but if you can get some pressure on the quarterback, force some bad decisions, keep them from getting the ball to Tyreek down the field and maybe force it just to be like a lot of dink and dunks. That's maybe the way you do this. And you just, you just got to hope that sauce and DJ have hold up like they have all year, you know, week two uh, against the Ravens who have one of the best cornerback pairings in the league, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. I, I looked at the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but, the, the two of them combined for like something like 20 catches, 300 yards and four touchdowns, just two receivers. <laughs> and that, that was against two like elite corners. So it doesn't matter how good you are when guys are that fast. So a lot of it's going to come down to whether this, this team can avoid the mistakes that killed them for the first three weeks. If they avoid the miscommunication, if they have a miscommunication, it's going to be a touchdown. If they have, you know, if a, if a safety misses a tackle, it's going to be a touchdown. So the key is going to be the cornerbacks just playing like they have the, up front getting pressure and then the guys in the middle of the field playing better than they have the safeties and the linebackers. And that's where I wanted to go next because, um, you know, Tyree kill obviously and, and Waddle, although both those guys a little banged up, I figure they'll, they'll probably play, yeah. but, but limited in practice this week, Tyreek 10 catches last week for 160. but beyond that, and they have most third who can be explosive in the backfield very fast, but maybe the guy that, that concerns me against the jets is Jusecki. Because this yeah. team just struggles so much with tight ends, and they've shown that again this season so far. Uh, and here's another tight end, very capable of piling up some numbers. So, I mean, it's almost if there wasn't, if they didn't have both of those guys on the outside, maybe you could say Sauce could play Jacecki a little bit, but it's yeah. hard to imagine them taking him off Water Hill. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point because you've seen them pull sauce and read more sauce though, just because he's six foot four and he has the size to cover tight ends. Um, you've seen him cover guys like Mark Andrews. He covered Pat Fryermuth a little, by the way, I got a lot of crap last week. Cause when I was talking about the Steelers, I was like, I don't think they have a, any tight end. I completely forgot that they had Fryermuth and got a lot of tweets. I think from Steelers fans, like all, all mad at me after, especially after he scored a touchdown. Um, but yeah, so they can't, you can't really pull those corners away from the receivers this week unless you really trust. I mean, maybe they do trust Michael Carter the second. So, Maybe he could go against one of those receivers occasionally. But yeah, the it's it's gonna be very important for the linebackers and the safeties to do better in coverage, especially the linebackers who really struggled against Fryermuth last week. I think when Quan Alexander played a little more, he got a little exposed for his coverage. Uh and and it looked like the Steelers were targeting whoever CJ Mosley was covering. Um, because he's he's maybe lost a step athletically. Even if he's solid, um, he's maybe lost a step. So I think Jaziki, I don't think he's had a great year, but they haven't really had a throw to throw him the ball. I, I imagine this week they'll take advantage of it. The, the, the Jets were talking very highly of him, especially Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, he was raving about his athleticism and what he can do. So um, that that's going to be an X factor as well. If they if they can't stop the tight end, then all of a sudden they have to start focusing on Jaziki more, and that that will make things more difficult to to defend those guys on the outside. And and you mentioned Mostert, and they have Chase Edmonds, who's also a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Like they have so much versatility in this offense that they're very hard to cover. And that's why just because two is not playing the dolphins are still very scary. 
Chase Edmonds, pride of Fordham University, too. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, switching to the other side of the ball. Uh, you mentioned that the Dolphins have a pass rush, and obviously that's going to be a concern for this Jets team. Um, the one kind of silver lining that comes out of that, though, for the Jets is while the front is tough, the secondary for the Dolphins has has not been good this yeah. year. Uh, rating allowed for the year, quarterback rating uh, around 110. Xavier um, Howard, I think, left last week's game, too. Um, so if they can create some time for Zach Wilson with the receiving core that we've talked so much about with this Jets team, it feels like there's going to be some openings for the Jets to have some big plays. Yeah. Yeah. Xavier Howard, I don't think as of today, I don't know if he's practicing today, but he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday. I believe it's with groin. It, it was listed as groin. So both of his groins are hurting him, I think, um, which is not ideal. I imagine Byron Jones, I think has been out the whole time. Uh, Keon Crossan is also injured. So they're really light at corner. And the Jets are talented at receiver. You know, this isn't the same matchups of old with the Dolphins and Jets, where the Jets don't really have the firepower to match with them. They, they really do this game. So I I put this in my, my preview for tomorrow coming out. I said, if Zach Wilson, maybe this is an obvious thing to say, but if he plays as well as he did in the fourth quarter or like close to it, uh, I think the Jets will win this game. Whether he can do that for four quarters, I, I, I'm skeptical until he does it. Um, and that's why my, my ultimate prediction, I think I had Dolphins 27, Jets 23, something like that. Um, I think they can keep it close. I think they can win the game. Uh, but it really does come down to Zach because, you know, if it has to be a high-scoring game, they're going to have to match what the Dolphins do. Or if, if the Dolphins can hold hold the, hold the do- those Dolphins receivers, um, then you can you need Zach Wilson to not turn the ball over. So um, I'm, a lot of it's going to be on Zach and him building on what he showed last week. Yeah, it'll be fun uh, to see how this one plays out. I think I think it's possible for this Jets team to win this game. I wouldn't. We'll see. I, I think it's it's doable. <laughs> they're going to have to score though, right? I mean, they're not going to win this yeah. game like fourteen ten. Exactly, uh, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, one more thing before we go. There was a video the Jets put out this week, Zach. Um, Halloween candy. It basically when all the players were coming in to the facility, yeah. they were asking them, "What's your favorite Halloween candy? What's your favorite Halloween candy?" I waited through this entire video, Zach. I was like, all right, let's see him. Let's see him. There was no Chris Strebler. I just wanted to know what Chris Strebler's favorite Halloween candy <laughs> is. And I don't know if he, he was late that day, if they didn't, uh, if they just didn't they make the out, cut. Yeah. If He was probably early. He was probably oh, yeah, early. Good point, yeah, yeah. Marissa. Very good point. <laughs> yeah. Very good point. He was definitely yeah. early. Um, so, Zach, I don't know if you're going to have a chance over the next you basically have three weeks here before Halloween to <laughs> uh, to figure this out, but but we need to know what Chris Trevler's favorite candy is. What do you think, Chris Trevler's I, I, favorite? I Halloween do have candy a theory. Um, I should say Michael Clemens had the funniest answer on there. He said, uh, "I don't eat candy; it's bad for my figure" or something. <laughs> I was just gonna yeah. say that was actually my favorite answer. And I forget who it was. I forget who it was, but one of them said black licorice, which is just like a psychotic. That's answer. gross. There was um, also weirdly I, like a lot of Skittles, like. Do people really yeah, love Skittles? Skittles? I think no. I think that generation. I mean, that generation. It's not like I'm that much older than them, but they they love Skittles. Yeah, yeah something about Skittles. And they're like really bad for you. Oh There's yeah, and I can't have them as like, like I used to. Like I it, I can yeah. feel it in my teeth and stuff. But I thought Tyler Conklin. I thought Tyler Conklin had the best answer. He said Sour Patch watermelons and Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups. And that's a. I mean Reese's peanut cups. That oh, is the, the number answer, one, by the sure. way. I mean, Snick- but Snickers I have, is... But I, I, I'm not a huge Snickers guy. No. All right, anyway, we can debate candy uh, as it gets closer. Reese's in the freezer. You have to have Ooh. them, like, cold. 
Uh, they're they're, they're good no matter where they are. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, um, I like the Reese's Pieces too. But so my theory on Chris Strebler, so he lived in Canada for a little while. Um, there's this chocolate bar from Canada that I used to, when I was in sleepaway camp, um, it was up in the Poconos and like the counselors would bring us back. They would like go up to Canada sometimes. They would bring us down. These chocolate bars called Aero Bars. They're amazing. They, it's like, there's like bubbles and they describe it as like bubbles in them. It's like the, it, the way they make it is, I don't know. <laughs> you have to look it up, but it's very good. So maybe he went to Canada, you know, he's up there. Where, which team do you play for? Winnipeg? Right. Yeah. You know no, that. I should know that. Was it Winnipeg? <laughs> oh yeah, because the Winnipeg Jets. Even though yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Um, so maybe you know he's just going around looking for some candy. They don't have any American chocolate, so he sees Arabar and falls in love like I did. So that, that's my theory. <laughs> I was actually searching for like random candies, and I <laughs> I found. Are you ready for this? There's there's candy kale candy. Oh God. Ooh. All right, that's pushing. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but you got to. How, how dare you even, guys dare even stay, say that on this program? Got to be at his top performing level, and what better way than to even when you're having candy, you're having superfood in kale. Plus, it's green, green and white striped. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I with actually gra- I got a picture of it, but I forgot to get it ready to show on the screen for YouTube people. But we don't want to subject. It's our, okay. Yeah, we. Anyway, you don't think so? All right, we'll get the answer. Um, yeah, Zach, it's my job. Talk to Chris. I know you're, you've been afraid to talk to him, but this, this is <laughs> yeah. your end. Uh, and that's going to hey, candy. What a way for this show to end. Uh, <laughs> we'll fizzle out. Uh, if you want to join The Athletic, you can do that $1 a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. The story we mentioned about rookies around the NFL, just a very small example of all the great content available on The Athletic. Obviously, all of Zach's writing as well. It's going to be a fun game Sunday. Jets, Dolphins uh, from MetLife. We'll have a full recap coming up early next week. Anything else, Marissa, Zach, before we close this thing out? Uh, not that I, th- I think we, we hit Strebler, so um, I think that's all I got. All right. See everybody again next week. Bye.